Hello and welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast, episode 351 for October 6th, 2022. Today's guest is Christopher Willits, who, by the way, is making his third appearance on the podcast. Um, and we'll be talking about his latest album, Gravity, which either I've not been paying attention or this is a bit more of a um, personal work for him. Every time I talk to Christopher, we get into these really cool, deep conversations about process and being humans. And ah, it's a really great conversation. Um, and he's also a huge inspirational force in my work, which I sort of mentioned at the beginning of this interview. Um, I'm so happy to share this interview with you. You're gonna love it. <laughs> I'm your host, by the way, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for over 17 years. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons in the sidebar and footer at MikeyPod.com, or just search MikeyPod in your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at MichaelHeron.com. Hit me up on social i gotta take that out <laughs> i usually say hit me up on social media everywhere as michael at michael heron but all my social media is turned off so email me at mikeypod at gmail.com or you can join us in the discord uh i'll put a link there there's a discord server uh there are a few of us very active in there and i would love for more uh podcast listeners to come by so uh check the show notes and you could just uh click a little thing and go to discord which is like a gigantic i don't even still know how to describe discord but it's it feels like a very safe place <laughs> so join us there uh hello welcome to the show yeah so i cut off my social media i have mentioned that on the show already and it's really great it's like um i was spending a lot of energy i've talked about this before but it's been nice to like take that sort of and every time I talk about it, I want to make sure I'm being clear that it's not just social media that was the problem. It was the way I was engaging with social media. And um, I was really using it as a, as a distraction tool and a procrastination tool, um, but also as a outlet for my frustration about things that are going on in the world that I didn't like my own this so I was arguing a lot with people who really were just wanting to argue um and I'm really happy to not be doing that and it's been really cool to like start to kind of backtrack and I've like signed up for this newsreader I used to use news blur and I've like signed like it's I'm just being more um uh, mindful about how I'm consuming and what I'm connecting with. Um, when before, like, you know, like Facebook felt like this big flood of, you know, I'd be follow, following all these things I wanted to stay on top of. And then it just, it's so much, it was too hard to, to really connect with any of it. So it's been really cool to like be very mindful about connecting with things and um, kind of, mm, it's been a really cool period of cleaning up the back end of my website, uh, re just every, I'm cleaning house and like my digital world, uh, organizing files. I feel like I'm clearing the way for some new creation, which I'm very excited about. It's been a long time. And one of the things that I really thought about too was that I used to be a lot more personal on the podcast and I sort of missed that. Uh, one of the things that I've been doing has been assembling this huge playlist of all the music I've ever played on the podcast. And um, it, so it's enabled me to sort of look more closely at the at the posts uh, on Mikey Pod, 
and what I used to talk about and the engagement used to be a lot different. So uh, I think right now I'm kind of doing that now, aren't I? Um, And one of the things that was really interesting was Archer Radio. I don't know if you've listened to this podcast. It's really great. Um, I I kind of have been going back and listening to podcasts I used to listen to that I stopped over over a while. So Archer and I have been talking in his comments about commenting, which is a lost art, um, because it shows social media, that darn social media. So uh, anyway, check out Archer Radio. I think it's archerradio.com, but you can just search in your podcast uh, thing. And uh, <laughs> that's the technical term. And uh, just uh, subscribe and find his podcast there. It's very, uh, it's very journaly. But the more I'm look- <laughs> listening to podcasts, I really appreciate this kind of podcasting when I don't really... I mean, there are some podcasts that, oh, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I really do appreciate that type of thing. And hi, Archer, if you're listening. Podcasting 2.0 is super interesting to me, and I still don't know how to talk about it. But <laughs> check out, like, there's some a- apps that feature these bon- these uh, new features. Um, and one of them is being able to uh, pay, like, as a listener, I don't even, I can't even describe it, but it's in Bitcoin, which I know, like, causes people to glaze over. But check out the Fountain app, which I've been doing. And um, you can actually send boosts to a podcast you're listening to. And that app pays you for listening to podcasts. Like a, uh, what's it called? A Satoshi, which is a fragment of a Bitcoin. But it's really interesting. It's interesting hearing this conversation about that stuff. Uh, and I think it's important to, um, to uh, support this movement. I want to get one of the guys from podcast index on the show, but I can't figure out how to reach them because I'm not on social media anymore. (laughs) So the last thing I want to talk about is the NYC Podcaster Expo, which is a uh, a little, uh, it's like a mini convention. Yes, the second annual mini convention. I missed the first, shame on me. Uh, It's this Sunday. Um, I'll put a link with more information about that. I'll be speaking with my friend Sebastian about fading away from pod fade. Um, and I hope you can make it if you do come by and say hello. So we're going to listen to a track from Christopher Willett's new album, but I want to first make sure I thank my subscribers on Patreon for powering this podcast. These are people who subscribe for $5 or more a month and get special perks like tons of free downloads of my music and zines and bonus podcasts. There are close to 80 of those bonus podcasts on the Patreon, which you will have immediate access to when you subscribe, including this week's bonus episode, which features an extended conversation with today's guest, Christopher Willits, which you're going to be clamoring for because this conversation is so good. You're going to be sad that it's over and that'll be okay because you could just go to Patreon and download uh, that extra bonus episode. So before we get to that interview, I would like for you to listen to a new track from Christopher's album. Gravity. This track is called Crescent. And one of the things he suggests, uh, and if you're in a place where you could do this, laying down and just listening to this music, um, maybe that's more of a suggestion for the whole album. But if you're in a place you could do it, you, maybe you could at least close your eyes. Maybe you're sitting on the train. Um, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. Um, but think of a different way to really engage with this, with this music. This is Crescent.
that was Crescent from Christopher Willett's brand new album, Gravity. And Christopher is here joining me for the third time on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks for having me again. It's been three times. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> we were just talking before we started recording about uh, it's been a long time. I'm going to have to hesitate or like resist going into a whole thing about um, it, whatever I talk to. I guess I'm not going to resist doing that. I think about like a lot of just meeting you and having you on the podcast sort of introduced me to Ableton Live through your uh, what you talking about. Willits oh, that's awesome. Videos. <laughs> yeah. So it completely changed everything that I do. Uh, so I'm excited about that. And thank you for that influence. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. Well, thanks Ableton for the incredible tools as well. Before we get too far away from it, we should talk about the track that we just heard Crescent. Yeah. There's a lot like this whole album weaves through all these different emotions I was feeling for the last two years. And it's really, I think of it as one piece and each of the pieces or, you know, each of the tracks are, are part of this whole, and Crescent leads it off with this feeling that uh, kind of goes through much of the whole the whole album. Um, it's this simultaneous feeling of like inspiration, but also some sorrow in there. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it ends up in inspiration. Uh, it always it always does in in some mysterious way. Because, you know, whatever grief or sorrow you're experiencing, you start to, you know, as you listen to that and really understand where that's coming from, um, you learn. And then that brings joy and inspiration. So that kind of, uh, that thread of, of um, you know, feeling is going through the whole album and Crescent for me really kind of leads it off. It, um, it's really, I mean, this whole, this whole album is about slowing down and letting things fall into place just gravity as a surface you know gravity as a as a as this flow that you know things are just settling and coming into where they need to be and though the the title of crescent actually came from an experience that was like really a microcosm of that i was uh, working on this music and a lot of a lot of things were happening with my mother's health at the time. It was really ramping up. Uh, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's uh, a mm-hmm. few different uh, or a few years ago. She actually had a couple different diagnoses, where um, it was dementia, and then it was like Alzheimer's, and it just kept getting worse and worse. And Crescent really emerged like um, during the peak of realizing that you know she needed twenty four seven care. Um, she was falling down a lot. She you know, like almost lit the house on fire at one point. Oh wow! And um, coming to that realization was heavy. You <laughs> know, like really heavy. Um, you know, this person is just such a creative force. My mom is just absolutely incredible. And then all of a sudden, she can't do every everyday things that uh, she just took for granted. And I remember going outside. I was I was working on the music. I went outside, and just the most beautiful crescent moon was in the sky. And it just felt like this reminder that, you know, despite things being challenging, you know, this is like right in the height of the pandemic too. Uh, um, this crescent moon and just like that big picture perspective of our position in the cosmos and the solar system and everything just really shined a light that, you know, this is challenging now, but we're going to get through it and I can just let things fall into place. 
So that's really what Crescent is about. So I think that was really the, maybe the second track. It's interesting when you're making an album, it kind of like, there's a momentum that starts to build. Um, and that was the second track that really kind of validated this, this direction for the whole album. The first one uh, being the track spinning, which is track seven. It's funny to hear about the, the uh, sequence of the tracks being created. For some reason, even though I know this isn't true for most people, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess you didn't write them in the exact order that they're appearing on the album. Yeah, no, definitely not. Like Spinning was the first track for a long time. And then um, and then Crescent just was like, no, it to be there. It's interesting. It's uh, it's you can't really for me, I can't really like analyze what's happening. It's a very mysterious process. It just becomes very, very clear to me on a, a very intuitive level, more like heart-based level, less of a mind kind of thinking kind of strategy. Um, the music starts to just say, hey, I, I want to go this direction or I want to be in this sequence. Um, and it's it's my job to to tend to that flow. There's so many things as we're talking, I'm like, oh, like so many potential topics like to or questions from a lot of this. I guess the first one that, that I was thinking when you're talking about Crescent and, you know, the experience of seeing that moon and the idea of gravity. Like when I first think of gravity, I think of like a pull, right? Like something that's grabbing <laughs> us and, and jerking mm-hmm. us down to the earth. But it's interesting that your take about it, the way you described it was more about kind of settling. And I feel like I'm kind of mm-hmm. feeling that energy from your work a lot. And also from what you're saying now, of um i don't know if acceptance is the right word but just sort of this kind of awareness of like this is this is everything some of it feels bad or good but it is the thing that it is yeah gravity is um it's it's really this surface it's very graceful and, and and it's 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 not even um this force you know we we kind of are old school um way of thinking about gravity is it's like yeah what what goes up must come down type thing but um relativity has shown us that you know gravity is a surface it's uh it's bending time space uh light you know energy itself and the more matter something has the more gravitational pull it has the more it's able to bend the surface and um it's it's uh on a metaphorical level it's this you know when you're kind of surfing those waves that that mass of uh attraction that mass of um modulation in a sense you know you you're letting go you're you're just trusting that this process is happening you're letting things come to be so this is a big part of the inspiration of a lot of the imagery that came with the album as well. All the pictures came from White Sands mm. National Park in uh, in New Mexico. And I visited there when I was actually going back to see my mom. This is like when all the flights were shut down. So I was like, yeah. I'm just going to drive. <laughs> I'm going to drive my, uh, my Volkswagen bus out there and just make it happen. And on the way, I stopped in. Um, on the way and on the way back, um, stopped in White Sands. And had some journeys out there and the patterns of the sand and the way that they're falling into place and everything. I was, I was always kind of um, 
fascinated by this place and even like dreams about it and stuff, but I'd never actually visited there and being there was actually um, even more vivid <laughs> and amazing than the dreams. And it was uh, around the time when I started playing with the idea of gravity being the, the title of the album. And this place just epitomizes like the way that things have just fallen into place and all these different patterns have emerged from, you know, the macro of the, uh, the waves of the dunes, but also on this micro level where you're seeing actually this fractalization of the larger macro waves of the dunes and this almost like a pattern, almost like a language, really. It looks like a language that's on the actual uh, dunes themselves. Um, so I decided just to hone in on uh, those curves because I really saw a reflection in those curves and the way that the music was flowing. And uh, this very slow, um, wave-like chord melody motion. And um, for me, yeah, just the word gravity, it, it made so much sense, um, makes so much sense to the process I was going through. I mean, it was heavy. <laughs> yeah. It had a lot of weight to it. And, but what I was learning is just a deeper flow into letting go. And 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 really listening to everything that was going on and i think the music really allowed me uh, to do that to a greater capacity as well it was just incredibly relaxing and inspiring to sit down and know that this this music was really like a representation of the feelings that um very complex feelings um that I was experiencing, you know? So there was this beautiful feedback loop that was happening between what I'm feeling and what I'm creating. And then I'm listening to the things I'm creating and that's also influencing what I'm feeling. And then the music just takes on this life of its own. Mm. Thinking about uh, becoming so uh, acquainted with our parents' mortality mm -hmm. is a, uh, it's, <laughs> This kind of conversation with you is always like this for me that I'm like, whoa, I'm thinking about a lot of things from a new perspective and just that idea of mortality and even death being part of what makes everything else possible that we experience. Totally. And, and that's what was so weird about this too. Like this meaning um, specifically, um, you know, we're talking about our parents' mortality and I was talking about my mother um, and how she has Alzheimer's and, uh, just it's an absolutely surreal experience because at some points you're actually wondering, you know, would this be easier if she could just, you know, pass or, mm -hmm. and, and it's such a, that's such a confusing thought to have, but that's truly how painful and challenging it is at times. Cause, uh, this, you know, it's, it's a complete shift in the way the brain is working and loss of words and, and you know it affects everybody in different ways so no one can really tell you like okay well this is going to happen next and then you can expect this <laughs> you know it's like yeah it's a completely non-linear journey um so i'm just really grateful for my whole family my sister my dad um our, our extended family i mean just incredible incredible people that 
all just stepped up and supported each other. And, you know, each step of the way, we're kind of like, okay, <laughs> we're improvising this experience together. And what do we do that's best for mom? Um, yeah. And I think we got through it in a, in a really beautiful way, but I, it is, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, my dad was saying just the other day, you know, it's like none of us gets out of here alive, you know? And um, I, I like his kind of courageous embrace of, of mortality. Um, and I kind of wonder, like with everything my mom's going through, I'm wondering like what capacity does she had to reflect on that right now? Because I know that there's been a lot of fear too, you know, the change of her living situation and um, just confusion, you know, like you, it's, it's when your brain is like sending um, signals in, in these different places, or there's, there's parts that are kind of jammed up and, and it's not, it's not sending those uh, electrical impulses uh, the same way it always has. It's like, there's a lot of confusion that's going on. Um, but I, I think just the simple, the simple act of reflecting on mortality is, uh, incredibly, incredibly powerful because it helps us to really embrace the present moment on a deeper level. Yeah. The, the idea of, um, I'm going back to you, something that you described your process of creating music is, uh, this is my interpretation of it, of almost like, uh, kind of getting getting uh your direction from the music as it's emerging um absolutely how was it to discover this is like a big question i think how was it to discover that process like what that's that feels like a potentially really big question well i think that i think from a young age i understood that um the creative process goes where it needs to go there is this mysterious ebb and flow um, that's occurring. And what I can do as a creator is show up with the vibe, with the intention, with like, why am I making this? It could be a big idea that's related to other people. It could be something just like, hey, I just want to play or explore this thing or whatever it is. Um, but grounding that initial kind of like, um, arrow of the compass, so to speak, um, it's kind of all we can do. <laughs> like, um, whenever, I mean, some people work a little bit differently maybe, but I just have never found that the creative process, um, is going to bend to your, uh, your sense of control or your ego, uh, to an effect it's it is life force itself and it's much bigger than you and i've always found that the the most kind of resonant music the music that really sounds the best to me means the most to me is always music that i've set the intention and the general direction where it's going and then that music starts to live and grow and then tell me um, which way it wants to be guided one of the things i run into with my creative process is exactly what you said of getting into more um more about what i want the product to be than mm -hmm. letting letting it become what it's going to be and i think that's mm -hmm. kind of an ego place for me mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a it's a beautiful paradox because when you actually surrender into the 
into the flow, it ends up in a place that's surprising and better than you even imagined. That's what happens with me. Mm. Um, it's, uh, it's really fascinating, but I really like this, this, um, this thread of like the creative process and life force, you know, I mean, everything is connected. Um, and to me, it's, it's, uh, the, you know, I think an image that kind of like show the lines of the curves of this is like, uh, the, it's very like, you think of like life force and plants and the way that plants grow mm-hmm. and the way that like a gardener uh, nurtures or intervenes in that process. Um, I feel very much like a gardener and this creative process is flowing um, and I'm tending to it. And yeah, I mean, I, I know how I want my garden to look. And I want to push and pull it this way, that way. But I ultimately, as this gardener, I can't dictate the way that um, this moringa tree is going to look <laughs> or the way my um, kale shows up and, and the curves and the, and the lines and the veins. You know, it's going to look similar to what you think it's going to be, but it's going to have its own life, you know. So I think uh, the most powerful music kind of respects that in a lot of ways. Um, you know, it's like, it's, an, it's always, there's always a level of improvisation, even if you're, you know, writing stuff down and, and scoring things and whatnot. And in this case, you know, like working for hours and hours, um, producing this immersive, this immersive sound that's moving in three dimensions around people. Um, it's, uh, it's ultimately this this dance <laughs> of of all of this all of these vibrations coming into one and um and creating this this space ultimately it's a, it's a space for slowing down and it's a space for for just letting things fall into place what's the moment i'm trying to describe you just there are it's, this conversation is like making me think of a lot of different things so i have these moments of like ah uh, okay <laughs> but in a good way <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah it's it's i mean this is one of our struggles as humans right it's like we have the power to control but we just we think we can control right but we we actually are we're yeah. just part of this larger whole um yeah we need to direct the energy and that life force in the, in the way that can be beneficial to ourselves and uh, people around us, but um, we can't, we can't control it. That process, like think of it as a creative process. Um, well, I guess our lives are creative processes too, when you really think about it. But I think that's, totally. you know, the, the times in my life when I've kind of just followed direction rather than, you know, chosen my own like exact destination for something that I wanted to happen. The times that I've been able mm-hmm. to just sort of let the flow happen, it's mm-hmm. always paid off. It's always turned into something better than I could have thought of. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot about our vision. I mean, that's kind of when I'm talking about the beginning of when I'm creating, it's like setting this intention or this vibe or whatever it's envisioning what this space looks like. And that's a combination of sounds and emotions and imagery, but it's just this general vibe and this feeling. And I'm envisioning that. 
but I'm not getting into the future. I'm actually, it's like headlights of a car seeing what's coming up, but I'm not actually in that, you know, wherever that mountain is, that the light is shining. I'm actually, I'm in the car <laughs> driving in the present moment. And then my vision's shining out so I can kind of, you know, get an idea of what's coming up. But I'm not like, I'm not trying to, um, I'm not trying to control the outcome. I'm envisioning where I want it to go. So there's like a, there's a, a light touch and a, and a, a really drastic difference in, in the flow right there. Um, you know, I, I teach a lot of classes and I, I've noticed with a lot of, um, especially younger students that, um, there, there's kind of this almost judgment or expectation of themselves that they are going to create this thing that may, you know, it's like, sounds like something they've heard before, perhaps. Um, and it's really just this judgment on themselves. I mean, there, you can be inspired by something to be like, okay, I want to emulate, you know, this, a certain track or whatever. Um, but there, there's a sense of control that's really, a, it's, it's ultimately linked to this kind of fear of failure or rejection of others or of themselves. And, and there's just a lot of judgment. And so they're never actually getting into the space where they can just allow what they envision to occur. They're kind of just in this fear state of like, Oh, how do I make this you know, sound better to be this way or this way? Um, and it's, you know, it's not a, it's just a matter of practice. You know, it's a, it's not anything that's like, okay, we'll do this and do this like a recipe. It's truly just a, a matter of practice and listening to what you want to do and experimenting and seeing how that comes out like thousands and thousands of times. And then you start to realize that subtle, that subtle touch and the grace that comes with really um, authentically created music, you know, music that's coming from your heart and it's growing out. It's not something that's like, this preconceived idea of like, this is where it needs to fit into the market, <laughs> you yeah. know, or a certain genre or certain things like this, you know, it's um, just, just music, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to, doesn't have to be labeled uh, this way or that. That is, uh, there's so much, there's so much loaded or potentially loaded into being an artist or just, uh, allowing ourselves to think of ourselves as artists and then you know like there's just so much so many levels of validation that we feel like we need i'm speaking for my for myself here too like there's a lot of that that you know and what you were talking about about allowing music to be what it is going to become without trying to you know direct it well that's so much of what we have already been saying um but it's it, i'm just kind of being aware like you were talking about marketing and genre and all of those type of things that also you know become something that we're trying to turn our kale into in the garden right when mm -hmm. it's, it's really just going to be kale <laughs> yeah i mean it's just you know i i i just see that um within myself it's like if i'm I've fully given up over the years, but like when I was younger, I've, I think that there was definitely kind of an impulse to be like, I want to really control the outcome of what this thing is, the outcome in terms of like what it is. 
not the outcome of like why does it exist and how is it operating how is it creating a space how is it helping people or you know benefiting or augmenting someone's inspiration or experience just in general you know so yeah it's uh it's just it's just something over the years it's like just have to completely let go of because if i'm trying so hard to make this certain thing be what i think it should be then i'm not truly showing up in the moment to let it be what it is and what um what it needs to be right <laughs> yeah um you know it's a very kind of i mean it's very karmic in a way cuz what's what's the point of making you know your heart's music if you're not truly completing um a new chapter in the journey and if you're kind of what you were saying of like kind of chasing things it's like if you're in that mode um you know like it's just uh there's there's ways where you can you can zoom out and really think about how how your music is functioning um for yourself and with humanity in general <laughs> instead of it being this thing where it's so driven by a desire to kind of fit into a certain thing or form into a certain image and and all these things um I just think that uh, for me, um, I'm always striving to make the most authentic music. And a lot of times that ends up being things that I've never really heard before um, from myself or maybe other places too. Um, and it's, it, it's a discovery of that vision and that intention that. I planted like a seed, you know, sometimes years ago, but then after thousands of touches and movements through this emerging space and all of a sudden you know, this experience grows out in a way that I would have never really um, imagined in that exact form, but it's, it's, it's occupying this, this space <laughs> in a way that's often better than what I was even originally thinking it would be. Yeah. It's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really it would, incredible. It's kind of cool to think about the, the, the sort of the path of your releases. And like when I first became aware of your music, it, it it's, there's still a definite connection, but it's a, it's a big difference in, in, in a way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I was reflecting on that recently because the 20 year anniversary of folding in the tea is coming up here. I believe it's like next month. And that was released in 2002. That was kind of my first official, you know, distributed release as uh, under my, my own name. Yeah. And yeah, it just, it just kind of hit me. It's like, Oh wow. It's been 20 years of, putting this music out and then kind of tracing the thread of how the music keeps changing in different ways. And um, 
Yeah, what you said is interesting because it actually was resonating with what I was feeling. It was like, like harmonically, there's this similar thing that I'm always wanting to explore in these like um, chord melody type work. Um, it's almost like making music that's just like, uh, it's like elongated slowed down guitar solos <laughs> or something like this like it's, yeah it's like it's uh the the chords and the melodies kind of all go together but then i've been you know playing with different all these different ways to do it over the years and there's definitely been a number of twists and turns and so so grateful um for all the exploration and i remember thinking when i was younger like um i kind of made a promise to myself i was like I'm never, you know, I'm always going to be listening to where the music wants to go, which is going to be, you know, inextricably linked to my own personal um, evolution and journey um, in this whole cosmos here. And so um, to really do the music um, and this in myself and the process and the people around me um, to do them, do them good. It's like, I have to, surrender my kind of uh expectations of like how things should end up sounding <laughs> um and i'm it's really liberating but it's also you you're kind of like looking into the abyss a little bit too um but ultimately i think i've been really a much happier artist over these last 20 years um there's never been like an existential crisis, like what am I doing? <laughs> and you know, or feeling locked into some type of a sound because that's what everyone's expecting you to do. I've always just been like, I want people to expect that I'm just gonna, you know, I want people to expect that they're not gonna expect <laughs> something in a way. Yeah. Like even the next album from Gravity, it's you know, might be a whole 180 degree turn from that. And sure, on one side, that might be like, you know some people would say that's like this marketing suicide or something. And it's like, well, you know, sorry. I mean, that's just, this is what, if this is the music that needs to happen at this time, then that's going to happen. You know, it's like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be uh, changing that just because, you know, people think this needs to happen or, or something else needs to happen. You know what I mean? That, that would be authentic um, music in my opinion yeah this is they're like a lot of times in these conversations on on the podcast that i they're little moments that i'm like oh this is why i'm talking to this person like per my my personal <laughs> like unlocking and um i think a lot of what kind of in my creative process lately something about the pandemic really kind of made me start thinking like well i don't know what i'm i want to make next and it's really interesting to think about, like, maybe just start making it and see what oh it is. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, that's how everything begins for me. It's like, just play, you know, yeah. um, having a vision of where things can go and then just playing. And then sometimes the intention will just be to explore you know that's fine that's like enough of a you know direction just explore <laughs> yeah see what see what feels good try a new technique try this try that and then something comes up and then that sparks the vision 
And then you're like, okay, now I can see these things falling into place. And you slow down with it, listen, and then just work your ass off. (laughs) And that's the trick too, right? Because I worked my ass off on this album, but the whole time I was reminding myself to have a light touch, you know, and to constantly, like if something needs to be changed, it doesn't matter where I'm in the process, I'm going to do that. And um, gratefully, over time, you learn how you work and you learn how these how the this mysterious flow of creativity starts to emerge through your body and out into the music. And, you know, I can know that, okay, this is the time of the album. I'm probably going to think the whole thing is just horrible. (laughs) And that's okay, You know, like that's part of the process. And then I'm going to get through that. And then there's going to be another mountain. And that's fine, too. You know, there's always that time like towards the end of um, like composing. It's basically when I'm, I'm starting to like mix mm-hmm. and, you know, I've, I've put down all, you know, um, instruments. So no, I'm not adding guitar anymore or bass synth or whatever is, is in there. I'm just like, okay, that's done. And I'm going to, to mixing and, there's always going to be a time where I'm just like, it's almost like a little bit of a grieving. Um, Cause you know, it's like you, you must surrender. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then it turns quick, you know, it's just like a phase of the moon. All of a sudden it's just like, you listen, give yourself a little space maybe and listen again. You're like, Oh my gosh, this, this is, I was just in my head, you know, it was just completely creating this whole reality. And so, now, when I start to have little like kind of seeds of those thoughts, I, I'm like, oh, I can laugh at it. And I'd be like, wow, isn't that so interesting that like I'm, I'm kind of, you know, experiencing this from like a different vantage point. You know, I can see the ups and downs. I can kind of almost have like a look ahead <laughs> to know, okay, well, there's a valley coming up here and that's <laughs> all good. And then it's not really a valley, you know, it's, it's just, it's just part of the, part of the flow. Yeah. Oh yeah, so like letting all of it—that's our—that's the takeaway. Let it all, like all the whole process, the music, let it all fall into place. Yeah, and your response to it, and your like inevitable um, push and pull with what you think of your own work—it's just part of the experience. It's so fun. I mean, yeah, kind of talking deeper into that a little bit. It's like finding the balance of working very hard towards this objective, you know, like finishing an album, let's say. Um, And at the same time, you know, surrendering to what it is. Um, It's, it's, it's just an incredible um, balancing act at times Hmm. because there are, there are moments where, you've just got to like put your seatbelt on and just dig into some, like the work that maybe isn't as fun, (laughs) you know, you gotta just, you gotta just um, chop the wood and carry the water. And then, but when you relieve the judgment that, Oh, this isn't as fun as playing guitar, you know, I'm talking about like, once you get into mixing stuff or really just the first, 
first kind of phases of mixing for me i'm you gotta kind of like warm up into the process because i'm like ah i just want to keep playing guitar (laughs) (laughs) and so let it go and then all of a sudden it just like opens up and it's like the you know it's the most fun thing in the world to just um explore like exactly where these different frequencies need to fall into place with each other and just that tiny little bit of compression and which tool or should I use this like analog compressor on there that has this very subtle thing? Should I use this other digital tool that's doing this thing? And you start to, these very microscopic kind of details start to emerge that are related to the whole larger flow um, of like the chord progressions and and the different um, wave-like motion of this, this chord melody work and stuff like that. So it's a, uh, it's it's really just about being present when you when you boil it down you know it's like you're you're envisioning this experience and every single moment that you are touching and creating uh this music you're you're embodying that experience right so it's like every every single touch is kind of like it all like stratifies into this experience that that happens uh you know in a, in a linear sense in the future but we're actually every moment creating it through that so it's it's actually this like very non-linear kind of timeless thing because at the very beginning i'm seeing and envisioning kind of where it's going to go but i'm not controlling it and then as i get to the end then i'm also seeing you know or, or kind of reflecting on these are these are the inspirations of the vibes and the space that like brought this to be, and now it's it's showing up for me in a way that um, I maybe didn't expect, um, but it's you know it's it's completing this really important uh, process or kind of chapter for me. Ah, uh, it's always so good to talk to you about this stuff. It's like really it's cool because like- yeah, it seems like our conversations usually tend to fall on creative process things that's really cool i mean because you're a creator man yeah and you and you're like you're you're making within so many different materials and things so it's like you're and i think that's that's part of it too you start to understand these different kind of like wavelengths of it's all it's all connected for sure but there's these different wavelengths of um you know for me it's like the the music and it's all the components of that music and it's like the visuals and then um it's you know the the writing and stuff because i do a lot of writing that goes around it and it all just it informs each other in, in a different way and they all have these different kind of like nuances to it um so yeah i think maybe it's like because you you've worked with all these kind of different materials um, and you've been exploring all these different sounds and ways to kind of present those to people. Um, this, you know, that this conversation of like creative process really becomes like foregrounded because you're always exploring. And it, it's a really good reinforcement of the exploration part of all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really is. It is um, all an exploration. That is for sure. <laughs> Um, 
I'm looking at the time and it's, we need to wrap up this part of our conversation, but I want to wrap talk about, we're going to wrap it up, but I want to listen to, <laughs> to regrowth. Um, is there anything you want to say about regrowth before we uh, say goodbye and listen to the track? Yeah. Yeah. Regrowth. Um, well, I just want to, I just want to say, um, you know, for anyone out there listening, thank you for listening. And I encourage you, to just put some headphones on and lie down on your bed and just let this music take you wherever it needs to go and just feel it slow down. Um, let things fall into place. Um, and that's, you know, regrowth again, each of these tracks is very much like these, the same feelings I was talking about with Crescent were emerging in these different shapes that actually came about, uh, it was the night after we uh, moved my mother out of the house she created for us. And um, it was incredibly uh, surreal and bizarre and sad and um, unknown. And um, got back from that and I was just like, I was just flattened. I was just like, like a pancake <laughs> just like laying on the ground it's like oh man that's the kind of thing where it's like really hitting like the mortality level um but on this other kind of side branch where you're like oh my goodness like this is this is a kind of a, a torturous situation for my mother you know mm -hmm. and kind of trying to wanting to support her but it's like kind of feeling like we had failed you know there's like a lot of kind of guilt type feelings that are coming through it too because like why can't we just take care of really 24 7 but um it's just it's really hard and plus we were very grateful to have the like the options to be able to get her into a memory care place so um regrowth basically emerged that evening and after i was a pancake <laughs> I, I was like i need to make music and then i was i just kept hearing these chords I just wanted the this uh, very very like stripped down and misty um, chord melody thing to happen. And as I started playing the music, really just expressing what I was feeling, um, I could just feel all this. I it really felt like my heart was regrowing. It was like this whole paradigm shift was happening in our family at this time. And also this shift of, um, you know, like my relationship to my mom, she took care of me and now I'm taking care of her, <laughs> you know, the, mm -hmm. this whole role reversal thing that we experience in our lives. Um, I could just feel this regrowth happening. So that's, that's why it's called regrowth. Uh, I'm really looking forward to re-listening to these tracks, knowing more of the, this background. Oh, awesome. Uh, all right. So we should listen to Regrowth um, and also say goodbye. Your uh, website <laughs> is ChristopherWillets.com. And uh, is, well, I'll put links in the show notes for this where to find the album. Uh, anything else I should, we should include or say for people to track down the album and your work? I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> just, yeah, I think you can find it. Yeah. Just search, yeah. search my name and search gravity and it'll come up. And 
Um, if anyone's in San Francisco, come through Envelop SF and uh, you can listen to it in 32 speaker, three dimensional sound. But headphones are nice too. So just lie down in your bed and just uh, just let the music take you where it needs to go. Uh, love it. And I'm, that's on my list. I really want to go to Envelop. Uh, maybe that's something we can talk about really briefly in the bonus podcast, which uh, patrons sure. can find at patreon.com slash by Claren. All right. Anyway, enough of that stuff. I, <laughs> I didn't want to talk too much, but between your description of the song and the song. So um, this is Regrowth. And thank you for joining me, Christopher. Thank you so much.
And so we come to the end of another episode of Mikey Pod. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Chris, for, for being on the show. Um, always an inspiration. And it's, I don't know if I understated it in the beginning of this interview, but literally I had not, well, I had dabbled in electronic music very, very slightly, like in high school. I had a great synthesizer, which I wish I still had, the Roland Juno 106, um, back in the day. Oh, I still wish I had that keyboard. Every time I mention it, I'm like, ah, oh. uh, they're still available, but they're getting more and more expensive. And there are, anyway, this is, uh, yeah, I, I really miss that keyboard. Um, but uh, the point is, um, when I first met Christopher, it was through uh, Ryuichi Sakamoto. They did an album together, and I wrote to um, uh, Sakamoto's, I'm always concerned I'm mispronouncing his name, but I think I have it right. Um, I wrote to his um, management about getting an interview, and they said they couldn't set that up, but would I like to talk to Christopher Willits? And I was like, oh, okay. But it was a really, <laughs> it feels like over the top to say it, but it was a life-changing thing because the conversations I have with him every time are um, opening for me, which is interesting because that's the name of one of his albums. And also it was through discovering his work in my conversation with him and some of the tutorials he had online at the time that introduced me to Ableton Live, which is what I have used as like, it's what I'm using to make this podcast now. <laughs> like right now I'm recording on Ableton Live um, and I learned the software and it's what I've used for my solo shows and my albums. I use it for so much and it, it changed the way I make music and it opened the way for me to create my own music and uh, experiment and, and learn like, oh, <laughs> this software is so good uh, for someone like me. Like it's great. And uh, it's Christopher Willits that really directed me to it. So Christopher, thank you. Um, yeah, I get, I get sort of stunned thinking about, you know, what's changed for me over the years. Anyway, uh, thanks so much for listening. Thank you, Christopher, for uh, sharing your music and your heart with this uh, podcast. And I will see all of you next time.